0: You are listening to Fed by Ravens with Matt and
1: Adam. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Adam. Welcome to day 149 and 150 of going through the Bible in a year using the oral tradition. We're just going to talk about it, but we got a lot to cover today. We're glad you're here. What are we reading today, Matt? Uh,
0: Our Old Testament reading for today is 1 Samuel chapters 24 through 28.
1: It's a little bluesy today because uh, we still got Saul seeking to destroy David. The only difference now in chapter 24 is that he's using, like, resources of Israel. (laughs) He's now, it's not just like a personal, he's always had some troops, but now he's going after David as though... It's a military campaign. 3,000 yes. men? Yes. Gideon defeated Midianites with 300. hmm And they're going after uh, David's... And
0: his 600 guys. Right. Yeah, it's a desperate measure. Um, I do want to just real quick point out that there's a giant VBS happening behind us. Yeah. So if you hear some background noise or a little echo, we are in a different location right now.
1: But uh, we're doing this anyways. Pushing through. The oral tradition continues even with babies crying, roosters crowing and dogs snoring. There it is.
0: Never forget that. All right. So David is in the wilderness of Engedi. Saul is chasing him desperately. And David and his men are like hiding in like deep inside of these caves that are riddled in this in these mountains and wilderness.
1: So I I believe that these there's going to be two instances of this. That's what's mm-hmm. about to happen. And it is to show the Lord's hand is with David and not with Saul. Yes. And long story short, Saul's men are all in these caves. David's men. Uh, David's men are all in the caves, deeper than Saul goes. Yeah. And while Saul is fast asleep, David...
0: Oh, this one, Saul's going to the bathroom. Oh. He leaves his men, goes into the caves to get some privacy, some privacy. Some privacy. (laughs) And he goes into the cave the very cave that David and his men are deep inside and hiding in and,
1: and David's servants are, are saying now's our chance let's, yeah. let's finish this let's get him but David under- understands the anointing of the Lord he yeah. understands that uh, we do not mess with or try to kill one who's been anointed even if they're acting as evil as Saul right mm-hmm. now because David understands I don't want to be against the Lord and mm-hmm. As a leader, you have to think about it. I'm Mm -hmm. setting up, uh, I'm continuing this cycle of... Violence. Violence, which the world has no problem doing. Mm -hmm. Like, you overthrow the king, you kill him, and then you reign. And when you're the Lord's anointed, that's not how you run. You don't overthrow the existing power that God set up to illegitimately get yours by violence. And so David already is showing the spirit of God, I think, is with him. And he's using wisdom, Just even just being smart about leadership. yes. Because if I kill him, then you're going to be killing me. Mm -hmm. And we're doing something different here.
0: So he sneaks up while Saul is in the middle of his business and cuts off a corner of the royal robe. Right. And and then he gets away. Saul has no notice of this. And then Saul leaves the cave and joins his men. And after he joins his men, David runs out of the cave holding the corner of the robe, and says, Saul, Saul, look, I'm here. And then he, like, shows the corner of the robe and is like, I had a chance, man. I could have killed you, but I I didn't. My men wanted me to, but I didn't. I stayed my hand, and instead I cut the robe, uh, a corner so, of your robe.
1: So essentially saying, I had you, I had but you. I spared you. And then Saul does his uh, false kind of regret. That's when you get busted and you realize. So this isn't a spiritual repentance. This mm-hmm. is a, dude, you had mercy on me. You had a total headshot on mm-hmm. me and you didn't do it. Yes. Thank you. And then he says, he has the kind of audacity to say to David, swear to me therefore by the Lord that you will not cut off my offspring after me, that you will not destroy my name out of the fa- my father's house. And David swears to him.
0: Well, so I'm thinking too, you had brought this up earlier that Saul is recognizing this moment is paralleling the moment where he tore Samuel's robe.
1: Right. The robe is the authority. It's like and your the, crown. Yeah. And so the crown has been like stolen and you realize,
0: oh And Samuel had said the king God has torn the kingdom from your hand. Yeah. And so now David is holding the royal a piece of the royal robe in front of Saul, and Saul's realizing this is the guy that God wants. Yeah. He's, and he, so he's recognizing in the moment. You're probably going to be the next king if the Lord has anything to do with this. And uh, please don't destroy my line when right. you become the next king.
1: Which he, he, David will keep this vow. Yeah. Mostly because of Jonathan. Because
0: mm-hmm. he loves Jonathan. So uh, Saul leaves him and is like gives up the search. And is like, you know what? I'm Comes to his me. mind, right yeah. mind for a second. And then leaves. So now um, David is kind of wandering with his men, mm-hmm. kind of alone. And they're wandering around the wilderness, and they've been um, protecting this herd of three thousand sheep and a thousand goats, which is a fortune. Whoever yeah. this belongs to is a
1: very rich person. Filthy rich. And so it makes sense they go. <clears throat> he sends servants to the house, who the guy who owns all these. Yeah, Nabal. Nabal.
0: So David sends the servant, his servants, to Nabal, and says hey, we've been protecting your sheep for the entire season. Like, it's now time to shear the sheep. And this is kind of like a festival season. Mm-hmm. And, and everyone kind of, like, they have a meal and a uh, feast for the week. The entire season, of the, they're shearing these thousands of sheep. And he says, could you provide some food for me and my men? We've protected your sheep right. for this entire season. You're,
1: You're feeding thousands of sheep. You're yeah. feeding uh, hundreds of workers. So a couple more, hun- you know, it's not a too big of a request, especially since they've been helping to protect his fortune, and they could've easily just taken all the food they wanted. That's that's the picture I got, where Mm -hmm. David was like, I could've easily just Mm -hmm. fed my troops off a a small portion of what you have. So I'm just coming politely. Nabal, whose name means fool, Mm -hmm. literally just says, who are you? Why would I feed you guys? Get out of here. And so then David says, well... That's it. We're we've done good. You're doing harm, and so we're gonna do what we could have done out there, which is yeah. take wipe you out.
0: Yes, and so he is,
1: and guess who saves the day?
0: Yeah. So David is furious to be treated like this. Uh, he um, he, I don't know. He could be acting rashly, like he's like ready to just throw down for this insult. It's a it, it's it's kind a mixed... of like a level
1: of pride. There's a cultural thing mm-hmm. and also a pride thing and. It's just, but it's kind of shocking. It's It's also
0: shocking. He's like being, there's like a certain hospitality laws that should be in effect here. That Nabal should be honoring and be thankful. Right. But uh, so.
1: But Nabal's trying to like, he's just selfish and maybe teaching a lesson too.
0: And um, he, at this point, Ahimelech, who provided bread to David. Right. The entire priest line was almost wiped out by Saul. So he might be like, "Uh, I'm not doing that.
1: But what we have here, and again, is, again in the Old Testament, a woman saves the day. Yes. And I really love this woman. In fact, well, her name is Abigail. So a servant of Nabal realizes
0: this was a bad move. David has been more than fair with us. He's been a great help to us, protected us. We would not have had such success without him. Right. So he runs to the master's wife. Nabal's wife, so
1: he knows. Like
0: maybe Abigail is the reason behind all. Like the reasonable partner.
1: In she all is. Of this. She's the reasonable one. So she does what uh, a reasonable, good, awesome person would do. She makes a ton of food. Mm-hmm. She goes back out and says, "I wasn't there when your messengers came." Yes. We're so sorry. I've heard from the servants how you took care of us mm-hmm. and you were good to us. And so she then makes vows and, and basically, without getting just reading it, she does everything right.
0: Yeah, and she even says to David, like, look, there should be no reason for you to be guilty of shedding blood. Yeah,
1: she's so smart. Mm -hmm. Well, um, David hears this and honors Abigail. Yeah, he blesses her. And she says, you don't even need to kill Nabal. Just wait. Uh,
0: Yeah, he says, um, uh, he's like, truly, if you had not stopped me, no one would have been left of Nabal, not one male. And so he says, go up in peace, and and then so Abigail waits
1: she even says my husband's name means fool yeah. and that's how he acts yeah
0: and so she gives all this stuff to him she kind of waits for the shearing season to
1: be over she, yeah she definitely and, waits and She's the like, partying to be over and she knows if I talk to my drunk husband right now yeah. he won't hear it
0: and so she waits waits for him to sober up and then she goes and tells um Nabal what she did and how she provided for David and
1: and he goes into shock.
0: And yeah, it says, his heart died within him and he became a stone and about ten days later the Lord struck Nabal and he died.
1: Right. So then Abigail comes back out to David and says, problem solved? One death for all? Yeah. You don't need to kill anybody? And David's like, you're beautiful mm-hmm. and smart and, and amazing. amazing. Yeah. Will you be my wife? Mm-hmm. So he picks up his third wife. Yes. <laughs> Which, again, is not the norm. We see David not doing things that are normal or that God says to do. We see a man who's... Doing
0: normal king things. Yes. And so a lot of his wives, again, there's political facets going on. And so he's making political commitments and structures to lands. And he's taking
1: care of widows, yeah. too, you know. But uh, I reading this, I thought... I actually thought of my wife, not because I am a fool, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I thought of my wife because she's always worked like in a man's world mm-hmm. and she has worked so hard for the good of the company that she's had to have hard conversations and cover up for, not cover up, but um, it's not covering up, it's uh, making it good. Yeah. The rash decisions yes. of foolish leaders and mm-hmm. and I just thought of my wife, I was like, it's fun. I, As we read the story, it's fun to identify. You're allowed to identify with certain characters Mm -hmm. and aspire to be like them, or recognize I have those similar characteristics. So Matt and I will often identify, you know, Jonathan and David, Mm -hmm. and it's fun to do, and we're allowed to do that. Um, It's not like in stone that now I am David and he is John, but we're allowed to go. You know what? That's kind of friendship we have, or that's Mm -hmm. those are character traits that I have that I want to to continue to grow. Okay. So I see the character of Abigail in my wife and I and I loved it. I also think it's a, it's showing it's a story inserted mm-hmm. to show like D- it's David and Saul. Yes. Saul's being hard-hearted and unmerciful and the bad kind of king and Abigail is being the right kind of king. Yes. Well and this is sandwiched right cuz it's sandwiched right in between the next scene. Oh, also we kind of skipped over
0: a like a, And it's, like, just a verse, but Samuel has died.
1: Oh, Samuel's
0: died. So Samuel's died, and so we're going to see, like, a big shift in a lot of actions. So, like, right after the death of Samuel, this scene goes down, and then now Saul is back to hunting David.
1: Yeah, so Samuel dies, and, like, the spiritual presence, everything mm-hmm. kind of goes back into chaos mm-hmm. to the point where everybody knows. Yes. And so, like, even the Philistines start to know. Yeah. But before we get there, we have the sandwich, the pieces of bread to this nice mm-hmm. meat, this yes. nice roast beef, is uh, another scene where David can kill Saul.
0: Yeah, so the Ziphites, who have already ratted Sam, or David out once, right, go again and are like, hey, Saul, David's still in our land, running around. Why don't you come and get him? Like, he's here. We know where he is. We can tell you where he is. Like, come and get him. And so... He does, and he's chasing uh, David again. And now they are like, in, like they are in an encampment, and David and his men find him, and they know where they are. And David's men uh, are like, "Hey, Saul, Saul's been given to us again. He doesn't know where we're right here. You,
1: we can sneak down into his camp
0: and get him." And so,
1: and it is like the classic. You'll see this with Jesus. We've talked about it before where as the leader, you're following the Lord. The people are following you. And the people know, they think they always know. For the most part, they're smart. Yeah. But they're like, this is what we would do normally. Do it. And so they have to kind of trust David.
0: Now, this is another leadership difference though, where the people contradict David, but David sticks with his heart and follows the Lord. Whereas Saul will always bend his will to the people. And I do
1: think David was with them. 'Cause he says, Let's go down to the let's go down to where Saul is. Who will go with me? And um, he gets who is it, Ab- Ahimelech the Hittite and uh, Abishai. So the
0: son of Zariah. So these guys will come up in later uh, stories. And the sons of Zariah. So Zariah is David's sister.
1: Oh.
0: And I always thought Zariah was just some guy, because usually when you have sons of
1: I always thought it was a skin condition. Huh. That's funny. Just kidding. Um,
0: So the sons of Zariah, though, are actually David's sister. And so they're called the sons of Zariah because she's royalty. Nice. Because she's related to David. Um, So these are his nephews. So Joab, Abishai, and uh, I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, They're his nephews. And they're like mighty warriors. And so they sneak down, David and two other of his men, sneak down into the camp while they're sleeping. Into the middle, like dead center of this camp where Saul is. And David sees Saul's spear, which Saul has tried to pin him to the wall several times. The the infamous spear. That he's tried to kill David and Jonathan with several times. And he sees uh, the water that would be next to Saul. Because you're in the desert, you need water. So you would wake up in the middle of the night because you're dehydrated and drink some water. His protection and his... Provision. Provision. And so he grabs the water and the spear and is like, I can't kill Saul. I can't do, I can't kill the Lord's anointed. And then <laughs> well, they, were saying, out. they
1: were saying, They uh, were saying, his nephews, I guess, were saying, dude, pin Saul's head to the earth yeah. with his stinking Spe- spear. The spear that he's tried to pin you to the wall. And that's where David says, man, I, I think he was planning on it, but then he got there again and it was like one of those things where you know mm-hmm. the spirit of the Lord is like, no, this doesn't feel right. I can't do it. I, I will not touch the anointed, but I am mad. Like he's a, you're allowed to be mad that people are coming after mm-hmm. you, but he didn't act in that violence. He, and he,
0: he grabs started. it, runs to the other side of the valley, so right. there's like some nice distance between them, and then yells into the valley, and he dresses Saul's commander, Abner, which is great, because yeah. he's like, Abner, but- you failed in protecting the Lord's anointed. Who are you? What have you done? Well, he's he even
1: be he's even speaking as a king. Like yeah. you had one job, and I got so close to his head that I took his water and I took his spear. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad. Mm-hmm. And then, and so again, it ends with Saul going, "I've sinned, and uh, ret- you know, return my son, for I will do mm-hmm. no more harm to you." He's lying, You know, he's basically lying. He regrets. He's acted foolishly, and then. Um, Basically, he says, he's trying to bless David. Like, Mm -hmm. he says, oh, blessed be to you, my son David. You will do many things, and you will succeed in them. And so he's kind of recognizing, you could have killed me again, and you didn't. And what I I love about King David here is he's acting like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, Jesus could condemn us. He could Mm -hmm. throw the rocks at us. He has every right to destroy us. Yet, you see the mercy of God, even for someone... Like, you, we think we've sinned. Where It's so bad. You've yeah. sinned so bad that God yeah. can't love you anymore. Well, no one has been the representative king of Israel and led them into <clears throat> murder mm-hmm. to this degree. So God, if David can forgive, Jesus absolutely forgives this way. Yes. Beautiful. Well, then David flees into the Philistine land and is thinking, you know, I should just hang out for a while. Yeah, so he... So
0: he had gone to... Akish, the king of the Philistines, before, but like got nervous and gun shy and acted like a crazy person. Mm-hmm. But now he's like, you know what? I'm gonna do that this time, and I'm gonna just show my true cards, <clears throat> show who I am. I've been on the run long enough. Uh, it's hard. It's getting harder and harder to provide for my men. I'm going to just go to the Philistines. So, so yeah. So he goes there. Uh, Akish is thrilled to have him because um, he knows that. He's been running from David or from Saul at this point for a long time, and uh, so he takes him in and sets him up in a land of his own. And is like, man, like if you prove yourself loyal to me, uh, you'll be honored and great. I would love to have another awesome warrior on my side. That'd be awesome, especially now that Samuel's dead. I think he's like, oh yes, let's take advantage. Like the kingdom's
1: falling apart. And so, so David lives there for a year and four months. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So he kind of settles in, and to the point where, is this where he's uh, fighting, he's kind of going to these places.
0: Yeah, so he goes into Israel territory, but he um, attacks raiders, like the Amalekites and the, um, uh, let's see, the Gerzites, the Gesherzites, the Amalekites, who were raiding the lands of Israel, and he attacks them. And so he takes all the, pl- he, and he kills all of them. and So no one can tell. So no one can say anything, but he takes all their plunder, takes all their stuff, and then goes and gives some of it to Akish, and Akish would always be like, where were you raiding today? Yeah. He would tell him the region, which is an Israelite region. And so Akish would just think, oh, he's raiding Israelite towns awesome he's making himself a stench to israel no right. one in israel will ever want him back
1: so he's a faithful servant but in reality david would answer the question where have you been by saying i went here yeah and of course it's israel stuff because he killed all the philistine raiders beautiful yeah and he's like he killed everyone because yeah they would rat him out you just said that but i was i just love i david yeah. is so like politically smart and clever and he's He's actually clearing out the allotted land. He's doing the thing... That a that king should, should be doing. And that had not been done for yeah. 400 years. Like the 400 years they've been there. Yes. So he's already acting kingly. And it sets up a false kind of security... For Akish. For Akish the Philistine. Mm-hmm.
0: So, the Philistines are now like, Samuel's gone, we have David. Let's make a
1: real military push against Saul. And So they gather everybody for war to fight against Israel... And, and this is where it gets, gets tough for David. David gets a little bit squeezed here.
0: Yeah, because he's like, David, I want you to be my personal bodyguard. And right. I want you and your men to come out, go out against Israel with me. And David's like, so, oh boy. Yeah, so right now it's like, okay. So before we get to how that plays out with David and Akish, Saul now is feeling up against the wall because he's now facing a giant Philistine... Uh, invasion.
1: Yeah, because they sense the weakness. So Saul does the unthinkable. He, he does like... Um,
0: well, Saul at first is like trying to contact the Lord in every way possible. But
1: he's had no relationship with God. And he's killed all the priests. He's yeah. killed all the priests. Samuel's dead. His only hope is Samuel. Yeah. And so um, and so he's using the
0: uh, ermine... What? Urim and Thur- Thuman. Thuman, yeah. I always, to always want to say Thuman. Uh, you always want
1: to say, what's her name? Thurman. Uma Thurman. You always want to say Uma Thurman, Yeah. But she was in the... King Urim Bill and series. Thum.
0: Um, and he's like asking God in every way possible, and God is not answering him. Solid. God is not talking to Saul. It is over.
1: He says the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. So then Saul, not getting the hint... Yeah. of like God, why is God not t- asking why aren't you talking to me God forgive me he says seek out a woman who is a medium and now the mediums and necromant these are basically the fortune tellers and the people who would
0: say that they would summon dead spirits and talk to them to get information about the present or the future they've
1: all been kicked out the word of God says very clearly in Deuteronomy mm-hmm. the law says you got to get rid of all these people who mess with demonic powers mm-hmm. So he says, that's, this is where he went. Yeah. Instead of repentance, like, dear God, talk to me and let's work on that. He goes, I'll solve it myself. Maybe I'll find one of these spiritual people that have been outlawed. So he finds the witch of Endor. Endor, yeah. So he disguises himself. Because he knows, like... Okay, whenever you're about to do... This is just wisdom from Uncle Adam. <laughs> whenever you're about to do something that's not a surprise party or a fun thing that requires a disguise... <laughs> you know you're doing wrong. Like, yeah. just say to yourself, why am I disguising myself right All now? Right. This is probably not good because God works in the light, not in the darkness. So Paul disguises himself. And uh, so basically hiding, ironically, covering up his royal robes. Uh-huh. If there's one person who wouldn't want to disguise in their life, it would be the king. Uh-huh. You want to go where you're known. You want to know you, everyone to know you have the power. But he goes out, searches out this lady by night... And he he says, divine for me a spirit and bring up for me whomever I shall name to you. So as far as we know about this, I haven't done a lot of research,
0: but as far as I know is what they would do is they would have this pit that they would summon spirits out of this, Mm -hmm. this pit and they would have like ritual stuff at the bottom of the pit and the lady would get into a trance and then you would speak the name of whoever you wanted and whoever you wanted would then come out of the pit. Right. Um, And so she does all her prep work, but she's also kind of like nervous thinking like, this is a trap. Well, she
1: knows the law better than he does. She's like, "Uh, is this... You know, Saul has said we cut us all off. Yeah. Mediums and necromancers from the land. So why are are you laying a trap for me? Yeah. Because she doesn't know he's king yet. She just thinks, are you setting me up? Because this is underground Mm -hmm. stuff. And by the way, this is what all the cultures of the world they've tapped into the demonic you know mm-hmm. you have like in Greece you have the oracle and yeah, you have and people <laughs> divining <laughs> the <laughs> livers yeah. of animals yeah. and 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 this is all this is all very natural to humans who want power to manipulate and figure out who want future. spiritual power mm-hmm. for the future it's always for the future for mm-hmm. what's going to happen it's di- it's the spirit of divination really mm-hmm. and so um She says, are you laying a trap? No. And he actually says, he swore to her, as the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. He
0: uses Yahweh's name as a promise to her that she'll be safe.
1: As if he can go back to God and say, hey, I broke one of your laws for good, though.
0: Yeah. Uh, That uh, is so... That just shows you his... So she sets sets everything up. She's in the trance. She's ready to summon the spirit. She's ready for the name. And then he drops the name. Samuel. (laughs) She... She freaks out at that name. Yeah. She's like, what? And then... Uh, she a, cried and, uh, with a loud voice. And a, and a spirit comes out of the pit. And she can see the spirit, and Saul can't. And so she starts describing the spirit. It's this old man wrapped in, in these dark robes. and
1: She says, I see a god coming out of the earth.
0: Yeah. So she's freaking out at whatever's coming out of the pit. Saul hears the description...
1: She she just says an old man coming up in a robe. And And so he knows. He he, wants to believe.
0: He's like, it's Samuel. And he falls face down to the ground in a...
1: She never says, this is Samuel. She doesn't
0: know. She doesn't know. Because it's... Yeah. So he falls to the ground in an act of worship, which is crazy. And then she, like, runs away from fear. Like, she's, like, out. So the spirit starts to talk to Saul as Samuel. Now,
1: we kind of think. Well, here's what, let's just say what he said, and then okay. we'll, we'll give you our thoughts. So okay. um, Samuel, apparently Samuel, says, Why do you ask me since the Lord has turned from you and become your enemy? Mm-hmm. Um, and he just says, The Lord has done as he spoke by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David. Mm-hmm. Because you did not obey the Lord, did not carry out his fierce wrath against Amalek. So he brings up Amalek the mm-hmm. destroyer. Therefore, the Lord has done this thing to you. Moreover, the Lord will give Israel also with you into the hand of the Philistines, and tomorrow you and your sons shall be with me. The Lord will give the army of Israel also into the hand of the Philistines. Saul falls down on the ground again, out of fear, and all
0: the strength leaves him. The woman comes back, and his servants come around, and they're like, "Uh, uh, the woman says, okay, I've obeyed you. I know who you are now. Uh, Please uh, don't kill me. Yeah, you can kill me. Um, and But I need you to eat. Like You're weak. You're shaken. Let's make a meal. And Saul's like, no, I'm not going to eat. But eventually Saul always gives in to the people surrounding him. They're and like, so no, they, they sacrifice a fattened calf and eat unleavened bread. They basically do like a weird Passover Yeah. Uh, for Saul. And that's kind of his last meal almost.
1: Okay, so our discussion was... For a long time, I thought, wow, somehow Samuel, this was really Samuel. Yes. This time, reading it through, I'm going to give you reasons why I believe this was a demonic, manifestation, purely demonic manifestation. First of all, Samuel um, does not reject Saul's worship. Saul falls down and bows to him. Yes. Any other time, an angel or anything other than Jesus who... Uh, uh, even John, the apostles, yeah. anybody, Paul, anybody who receives worship immediately says, do not worship me. Mm-hmm. But this spirit does not. He takes the worship. Mm-hmm. He says only the things that are known, mm-hmm. like these things that were said to Samuel, said and, to Saul, yeah. I mean said to Saul by Samuel are known to everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's not, the demonic doesn't give any new information. No. The demonic doesn't say anything that's like brand new or anything.
0: And there's no chance of repentance. There's no gospel in there.
1: It's totally at all. a message. The demonic always and only bring message of destruction. Mm-hmm. When you get attacked spiritually, it's always of failure and of death and fear. There's and, no message of repentance and hope.
0: And uh, it gives a what I would say a demonic destiny over Saul and his sons. And so, like, and Jonathan's included in this. And yeah. Jonathan has not sinned, he's followed the Lord, he's been mm. faithful, but God never, he says, I will not punish the children for the sins of the father. Like, yeah. this the father will be punished for your own sins. Everyone will be punished for their own sins. And so, the fact that Jonathan is now lumped in on this is not from God.
1: And, well, and, and Saul will receive that. He just of, receives it. He makes the agreement with this demonic thing, and, and two more reasons why it's demonic. The whole thing is against the commandment of God. God has already made a choice to not speak to Saul so, in the three or four ways he speaks. The proper and channels. I will tell you, God will not all of a sudden speak to you through demonic, occult, things that have been mm-hmm. pushed out. It is always, it's it's demonic. It and is. so necromancers don't have power over the saints. They don't have power to take somebody out of a saint, out of God's hands. Yeah. So this is why I believe Satan deceives. He uses the information that is easily gone, and there's no shot of repentance. The, if that lady had really called up Samuel, mm-hmm. it would have been silent, or God would have showed up and said, "You know, I'm sorry, Saul. You uh, must die now. You right. continue to break it." So it's not. I believe it's a, a demonic manifestation. Yes. And the sad part is Saul receives it.
0: Yes.
1: He says, and you know he, how he receives it? They sacrifice an animal. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every other judge that's been raised up, any other thing, there is a sacrifice, and the angel or the spirit of the Lord consumes, consumes it, it, so that it's a sweet-smelling aroma. It's sacrificed to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Saul takes the sacrifice and eats it. It was yeah. unto him. Yes. This whole situation now for Saul is selfish. It's demonic and it is, and he kind of knows it and he's agreeing with it it actually makes more sense to him uh-huh. this whole demonic scene makes more sense and that's why you got to trust man when you have the spirit of God and you're outside of his boundaries outside of his you don't, you don't demand God speak to you he yes. speaks to you through the means he set up his yeah. word, his holy spirit and there's guidelines and these are all out of the guidelines so Saul is gripped with fear and not faith he has a false piety, like, I'm not going to eat, and then is talked out of that, and then receives basically worship mm-hmm. from this lady who is yeah. like, wow, I've never seen, you know, I, I fool people. Mm-hmm. I, I use very little demonic things. This is way out of my pay grade. Yeah. I'm going to offer to you, because yeah. remember, she's all about power. Yes, No faith, all fear, and um, there's and a huge the... spiritual vacuum in Israel dramatic last i would say this is a dramatic
0: last meal of saul
1: yeah so saul's last meal is a lot like judas's mm-hmm. where oh, yeah. he's solving his own problem by yes. death yes versus oh, nice versus peter who solves it by faith and repentance and you know i love you lord yeah all right Woo-hoo. heavy old testament reading and today. That, but that is why you know you're interacting with god there might be hard words a truth But that truth sets you free to grow, you know? Mm. Like, uh, it gives you opportunity and hope and there's peace and forgiveness and assurance. Mm. And for Saul, there's none of that because he has rejected the Lord completely. Yes. Boom, that's sad. Mm. Sorry, Saul. But there's a better king and we're gonna talk about him right now. Yeah.
0: So our New Testament reading for today is John chapter 18, verse 25, through chapter 19, verse 27. Uh, Jesus is being questioned by the high priest, uh, well, by Annas. He hasn't been, he's being sent to Caiaphas, the actual acting high priest at this point. Uh, now, Simon Peter, who's been in the courtyard, he denied Jesus once already. He now does it again. The the people around him are going, wait, oh, you're, okay. you're with him.
1: This is so good. Yeah, when we've read this in the other Gospels, it's the old Peter saying, I don't know him. It sounds yeah. like a line from the room. And, and I, I
0: do not know him. Yeah, and he says the same thing again in this, in, in this reading, and I think it's a, a very literary decision on John saying, where he keeps saying, I am not. I am not. Jesus just said, so, I man, am he, and power goes out, mm-hmm. and now... And now he's saying for the second time, I am not. Then one of the servants of the high priest is like, uh, yeah, you were the guy who cut my cousin's ear off. I know, so great. (laughs) I saw you in the garden. And again,
1: Peter denies it for the third time, and the rooster crows. But this is, and he he breaks down into tears, because he knows. But this is what's great. I'm so glad John, all the gospel writers, included this failure of Peter. Because you might see... Like, it's easy to look at a tragic character like King Saul mm-hmm. and be like, I'm nothing like that. You're right. And then someone like Peter, who's going to be the foundation of the church, mm-hmm. he is falling into the same fear. Yeah. He's scared. He's and trying so, to figure things out but, for himself. But we're not condemned because we fail and we fall into fear. We're condemned on how we respond to it. So if, if we can't trust the Lord to forgive us, our faith is that we're forgiven mm-hmm. when we act like this. Mm-hmm. And the Lord will produce the faith that we need in the future moments where it's like we're faced with a potential death even. And so this, don't ever think that Peter is a bad guy. Peter yeah. is amazing because he is denying Christ, yet he's denying Christ. And he still has the opportunity to be amazing. And he will because Jesus simply says, do you love me? Yes. And he's like, I do, Lord. You know I do. Anyway, that's coming so, up.
0: So John skips the interview with Jesus and Caiaphas and just takes him from Caiaphas's house to Pilate's. And uh, they don't go into the governor's house because if they go into a Gentile's household... They become unclean and are unable to partake in the Passover. as they're So they're worried still
1: about being ceremonially clean. They're following the letter of the law. As they're preparing to kill their Savior. And they're doing like... Okay, so you think about David. He could have, by the letter of the law, killed Saul. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to kill God's anointed. Now, hundreds of years later, you have the people of God the representatives at least, ready to kill God's anointed. Mm-hmm. They so, finally or, have him. They have
0: the letter of the law, and they're going to kill him. And nice. so they take him before Pilate. Pilate's trying to figure out, like, what does this have anything to do with me? Uh, why don't you just judge him by your own law? And uh, they're like, well, we can't put anyone to death, and he deserves to die. Right. Uh, well,
1: and Jesus says something, though. You're a Pilate, right?
0: So, yeah, so now Pilate's like, okay, bring Jesus in to me, and I'm going to question him. So he, then he asks, are you the king of the Jews? Right. Because this is a political, like, he's like, if we're going to, if you're going to come to me, there's got to be political accusations.
1: But he doesn't speak, right?
0: So, well, no, Jesus speaks in this.
1: Oh, I'm looking at the part, though, where um, he says, do you know the authority I have?
0: Well, okay, so he says in 33. Oh, gotcha. Um, he says, are you the king of the Jews? Because he's thinking politically, like, if, I, if he can admit mm-hmm. to that, then then I can kill him for treason. Right. And so Jesus says, do you say this of your own accord or did others say it to you about me? Am I a Jew? I don't know. It's your own nation. Yeah. And he's asking, what have you done? And Jesus is like, my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting. But I've been delivered over by the Jews, but my kingdom is not of this world.
1: And this starts to disarm Pilate because he's like, look, I'm king of another world. And Pilate's like, oh good, I don't care about any other world but my world. Right. So you're not going to be king of my world? Cool. That's why a lot of unsaved people, unChristians, people who don't confess Jesus, they don't really care as long as you're not messing with their world.
0: Yes. And so he's like, so are you a king or not? And Jesus says, you say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born. For this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. And Pilate says the classic line, what is truth? I know.
1: What is truth? I mean, it's your truth. And that's what I think Pilate is saying. He goes, because Jesus clearly says, and in light of the Old Testament mm-hmm. reading, our king is here and he's mm-hmm. perfect and we love him and he's gracious and he has complete authority, but it's it's of another world. Yeah. And so what everyone says is, it's not a new idea, is to go, oh, you know what? That's your truth. Yeah. I'm happy with that being your truth, Jesus, so I'm not going to kill you yeah. You're, because I just found out you're not trying to take my position. Yeah. You're not bringing in a new regime. Sweet. Okay. I don't care about
0: that. So and, what's the problem? And so he takes him back out, and he's like, I don't find any guilt in him. Uh, I have the custom that I will release one man at the Passover. And- well, he's
1: even making fun of I think he's kind of making fun of the whole thing because yeah. he goes, do you guys want me to release the king of the Jews? Because yeah. he's like, you guys, look, you're totally occupied. We yeah. dominate you. You're only here because we're nice. Yeah. And uh, here's your king. Who cares? Don't you guys realize none of your stuff is real anymore? Mm-hmm. But they say, "Oh, it's real." Let go
0: of Barabbas. Yeah, and Barabbas—they say Robert, but Robert Bar- Barabbas was an actual insurrectionist.
1: Right, he actually was trying to overthrow. And so
0: Pilate's like, "Really? Well, uh, come on." <laughs>
1: So he he has to think about it. Meanwhile, um, Jesus, they dress him up. So the Romans think it's funny to go, oh, he's not a real threat. Dress him up as a king. We think it's funny.
0: Yeah, and it's mocking these are the Pharisees who brought him to us. Here's
1: your king, ha ha ha. Which is, uh, yeah, which is what Israel had kind of made the king Mm -hmm. of their people a mock, like a joke. Yeah, and so they dress
0: him in the royal robes, they give him a crown of thorns, they march him around and say, behold the man. He's your king, and, and all the priests are yelling at him, crucify him, crucify him. So Pilate's finally like, you know what? Fine. Uh, to appease you, and it's already a politically tense time, I'm not going to... Yeah, this isn't worth... Um, it's not worth uh, a weird over. revolt over, so fine. If it's going to save some peace for this weekend,
1: you kill him. It, and this is where to, uh, it gets interesting... Because he's not so now he's not talking to uh, Pilate. Mm-hmm. Pilate's like, "Where are you from?" And he's just quiet. And he goes, "Do you know the authority I have? Yes. I have, I have the power over you to release you or crucify you." And this is when Jesus says, "You would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin." So he like doesn't even answer mm-hmm. the question, and he's not going to be phased by your political power. Yes. But it also kind of, I think, strangely appeases Pilate. Pilate likes him even better because Mm -hmm. he's like, you're right. I have authority from someone above me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, and you're telling me they're going to be in more trouble for this. Yes. Cool. Cool.
0: And so now the Jews are, like, getting right to Pilate saying, like, if you release this man, you're not Caesar's friend.
1: Oh, boy. That's the scary part. Mm -hmm.
0: Everyone who makes himself a king opposes Caesar. So then Pilate's like, fine, let's just get rid of him and we'll, we'll... we'll kill him and he, and he takes him out and he says behold your king because again he kind of has to make it a political issue yeah he's like
1: alright here's your king and they're like no I have God. to
0: do this to make right. it legal yes and uh the letter of the law and they're like shall I crucify your king and they say we have no king but Caesar
1: ooh interesting oh, see how confusing it is though it's political on both sides yes so they're trying to appease him look We only have Caesar. So they're totally... And he's just mocking them. Yeah, and he's like, all right, that's good enough. Well, and so he's thinking about his own job. Uh I can go back to the Roman headquarters and go, they're all saying they have no king but Caesar, so I killed this guy. We, We let a little insurrectionist go because we can just kill him later. Yeah. And so he
0: makes an inscription over the cross of Jesus, which says, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews.
1: And they read this and they're like... They're like, don't put that on there.
0: And he, he wrote it in three different languages so everyone can read it.
1: Right. Like, I'm only killing this guy. There's no other crime yeah. except this. And wouldn't they put the crime... Because uh, uh, yeah. that's like becomes the... Um, the one your identification one. now is your sin mm-hmm. is who you are. Yes. And so his sin was, he's king of the Jews. Yes. And there can only be one king. And they're like, no, this isn't the king of the Jews. He just
0: said he was. And Peter or P- Pilate's like... What I've written, I have written. Because deal with it.
1: Because they're playing all these games, and so <laughs> Pilate's like, "Wait, you want me to do this?" Because he's saying he's king, mm-hmm. and now you're saying he's not the king. Whatever. This is how it goes down, and it's beautiful that it goes down that way. Mm-hmm. So forever, our king dies for us, with the inscription given to him by the rulers of this world. So it's like the rule Caesar basically recognizes this guy as king of the Jews, mm-hmm. king of God's people. Yes. Thank you, Lord. He is my king. So then the soldiers
0: uh, divide his clothing and they gamble for his tunic, uh, which is to validate, uh, I think, David's psalm. Yeah. They divide my garments among them from my clothing. They cast lots. And so the soldiers did this. Jesus' mother is there. Uh, His aunt is there. Uh, Because the women are
1: following. The women are not scared. Again, women are... Amazing. Yeah. It's according
0: to the Bible. So they're at the foot of the cross, <laughs> In mourning the loss of Jesus as Jesus is hanging there. And Jesus looks at Mary, and John is standing next to her. And he says, woman, behold your son. Then he says to John, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his home. Okay,
1: so much kindness and so much love, but I just think of this. What's the, the biggest relationship you can have two people? Like, the biggest mean the most powerful is king, right? So there he is with king of the Jews. But at the same time, what's the smallest relationship, the most basic, most insignificant relationship everybody on planet Earth has with their mom? mom. Yeah. God can handle all the things of the universe, and he can also handle the smallest relationship between you and him as a mother and child. Yes. I love that because mm-hmm. I think about that God you are king and yet you know my name you know every hair on my head you know my feelings you know the sadness you're you're even taking care of your mom as she grieves the loss of a son mm-hmm. at the same time God is saving the earth saving all people past present and future I don't mm-hmm. that anchors me as I pray in the morning cuz you'll be tempted to think Maybe this these little things in my life don't matter. Mm-hmm. No, they matter. Jesus cares and he is has the power and authority to run and operate and care for that little bird outside your window, um, that sparrow, the same way he cares mm-hmm. for you. Awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for being our King. So today I will read portions of Psalm
0: 68, 15 through 27. Blessed be the Lord, who daily bears us up. God is our salvation. Our God is a God of salvation. And to God, the Lord, belongs deliverances from death. But God will strike the heads of his enemies, the hairy crown of him who walks in his guilty ways. The Lord said, I will bring them back from Bashan. I will bring them back from the depths of the sea, that you may strike your feet in their blood, that the tongues of your dogs may have their portion from the foe. Your procession is seen, O God, the procession of my God, my King, into the sanctuary. The singers in front, the musicians last, between them virgins playing tambourines. Bless God in your great con- congregation, the Lord, O you who are of Israel's fountain. There is Benjamin, the least of them, in the lead, the princes of Judah in their throng, the princes of Zebulon, and the princes of Nephtali.
1: fed by ravens go in peace and serve the lord we will talk to you next time